There's all sorts of news breaking around the country, and it all could affect future Big Ten expansion plans. You are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, you're tuned in to Locked On Big Ten, where you can get everything that you need to know about the conference every day of the week. I'm Nate Dickinson. Thank you for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're one of our everydayers, you're up to date on what you need to know, what's going on around the conference we all love. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk a whole lot of expansion. Paul Feinbaum has thoughts on where the Big Ten should go next in its expansion search. And also, we've got reports of new leadership at USC and a new deal involving revenue in the ACC. Let's start by getting into all of that. Before we do, if you hear some stuff that sounds like thunder during today's podcast, it's because I'm in the middle of a thunderstorm recording this one. So hopefully power doesn't go out while we're recording and I have to redo all this. You may hear some thunder if you subscribe on YouTube, which you should, locked on Big Ten one zero at the end when you type it out, not T-E-N. You may see some flashes of lightning too, but it's all part of the experience. Hopefully it doesn't interrupt us too much. Let's get into things here on today's program. Let's talk about first the biggest news from around the ACC in that there is a new revenue distribution deal for the conference. And it is basically, it looks like, not all the specifics are out yet, the deal that we talked about previously on this show last week regarding a new unbalanced revenue stream for schools depending on postseason success. The deal that has been struck is as follows. According to the new provision, starting in the 2024 and 2025 school year, ACC schools will be able to make more money if they get to one of two postseason tournaments, the NCAA men's basketball tournament and, of course, the college football playoff. This change coincides with the playoff going from four to 12 teams come that season. So, in theory, the ACC would have some more money to spend around to its member schools. Here's the biggest stipulation of that, though, if you ask me. This new change in power and change in the shift of where the money goes, it does not impact at all the media rights deal. The money that schools would be getting extra would be coming directly from the revenue made by the conference by being in the college football playoff slash NCAA tournament. So as far as the money that each school is getting directly from the media rights deal, that does not change for the ACC. As far as TV money goes, every school is still getting the same amount. So as we pointed out before, a school could make north of $10 million more, according to Florida State, their AD that is, depending on if they make that college football playoff. However, none of that money is taking away any of the media money from the other schools in the ACC. So you don't get penalized for not making the college football playoff. You just get rewarded if you do. And technically other schools would get penalized by not getting a bigger share of the college football playoff revenue money. But as far as media deal money goes, it's all staying the same. There is no change to any of that, which is why if you ask me, there is no change in my opinion on all of this. 
this is once again a move to try and put a band-aid on a much much bigger problem as i said before this is when you get a dog because the relationship isn't going well and you want to try and save it so you think you know what a puppy will bring us together and maybe it works but in all likelihood if it does it's not the puppy that was the reason why he actually got back together this is one person saying please don't leave let's try to work this out and the other person this case the seven schools who were looking at that media rights deal saying you know what all right let's try and make this work let i mean here's a direct quote from acc commissioner jim phillips you tell me this doesn't sound like someone desperate to stay in this relationship and in fact just put yourself in the shoes of as if the acc is a guy trying to stay together and these schools are the other person in the partnership trying to get out but at the end saying you know what we'll try and make things work here's the quote quote from jim phillips quote i applaud their thoughtfulness and continued commitment to working collectively as we've communicated consistently we remain dedicated to exploring all options to enhance support for our member institutions and their student athletes that's jim phillips if you take out member institutions and their student athletes and replace that with relationship we're doing and exploring all options to enhance support for our relationship. I mean, that's it. The ACC is desperately trying to hold on to these schools. And while this is something that may be able to keep people at bay for now, again, this does not change the media rights deal. And when you look across the table, there are going to be the Florida States, the Clemsons, whoever else it is that's competing for a college football playoff spot, even if they make it, they're going to be looking over, and I said it before, I'll say it again. They're going to be asking, why is Indiana getting $30 million more in media money than we are? Indiana's not drawing the same TV audience that we are, if you're a premier ACC football program. That's just the thick and thin of it. So while I believe this is honestly a smart move by ACC Commissioner Jim Phillips, it's really just the best move in what is a bad situation for the ACC right now. They are still far, far away from making everybody happy. This is going to, at the very most, buy some time, if you ask me. This is not something that fixes the problem in the ACC. That's all on that front. Let's head back over to the other coast and the school that's already joining the Big Ten in USC. Uh, big news, their athletic director stepped down uh, in surprising fashion in what has turned out to be some potential allegations in workplace conduct for him. But we'll, we'll not talk about that right now. We're here to talk about the new woman in charge of what's going to be the transition for USC over to the Big Ten. Her name is Dr. Denise Kwok. She is somebody who has been in the USC system before, somehow now has a shorter title. She was previously uh, Executive Senior Associate Athletic Director for Student Athlete Development. She's now an interim executive administrator. So basically, she'll be taking over things in the athletic conference as USC tries to find a new AD, but school really just recognizing that, hey, we kind of need somebody in charge for this. And not just one person. Denise Kwok will not be the only person. She has been tasked with, and I quote from USC President Carol Folt, to, quote, ensure USC continues to function seamlessly during the transition and complete its preparation for joining the Big Ten Conference. So along with Kwok, there will be three outside members joining this 
panel of a transition team. It includes uh, Penn State and Cal, former athletic director Sandy Barber, former Duke CFO and deputy of athletics Mitch Moser, and former Big 12 commissioner Kevin Weiberg. Also, four people from internally at USC are going to be jumping onto this too. So this whole team really is just to make sure that the transition to the Big Ten goes smoothly. And to be honest, I don't think they're going anywhere. Even when USC does hire another athletic director, yes, maybe he takes over. But I believe this team is a team that's in it for the long haul of this transition process. And losing your old AD is really just an excuse and reason to get this committee put together faster. Again, it's a smart move. But it's something that is purely for helping the Big Ten and getting this transition done easily. I don't think they really want Quack or any of these people really to do anything much else. Unless, of course, the situation arises where they have to. I wouldn't be surprised if, again, they hire an AD and this committee, or whatever they are choosing to call it, stays together for the duration of this transition. Because, again, this is something that they probably needed to have anyway. And now you get to add in, all right, you're going to handle things in the athletic department too while we get this transition done. Now, this is good news for the Big Ten, if you ask me. Just because, again, these people have been brought in solely to make this process as easy as possible. For USC, but also in turn for the Big Ten as well. So, good news across the board, if you ask me. One, the ACC deal isn't a fix. So you could still snag schools from there. And two, USC is now basically saying, hey, we just want to make sure we get into the Big Ten as easily as possible. We will do things, not your way, but we're making a concerted effort to work with you on this one. So those are all good things. And in college sports and the politics of it, making things as easy as that is not always so easy. So I think we need to be grateful for USC at least having the foresight to know that they need these people doing this job. Coming up, we're going to talk about transitions and additions and expansion a little bit more. Paul Feinbaum has comments on where he thinks the Big Ten should go next, but it's interesting a little bit more to me at least. The school that he said the Big Ten he didn't think would go after right away because it brings up all the questions about that ACC that I think need answered before the Big Ten goes after any of those schools on the coast. We'll talk about that in just a minute here on Locked On Big Ten. But before we get into that, a reminder that you need to try out Bird Dogs, the shorts that are made for anywhere and comfortable anywhere too. Bird Dogs are shorts with a built-in inseam liner, which means that you're going to be comfortable all the time when you're wearing them. They're soft, they feel good, and they look good too. You can do these or take these things, wear them anywhere. You want to go to the beach? Put on your Bird Dogs. You're going on a date? You can put on your bird dogs. They look nice too. You're going to work out. You can do it in your bird dogs shorts. They are all purpose. They fit good. They're comfortable and they're versatile as well. Bird dogs is the entire package all in one really, really good pair of shorts. They sent us some here with the locked on hosts and they are extremely, extremely high quality. I know everyone here at the network is loving them. Becoming a favorite sponsor of ours, which is not something we say about all the sponsors here. So if you want to get in on the action, you can head on over to birddogs.com slash locked on college and use the promo code, which is also locked on college. And they'll throw in a free custom bird dogs, Yeti style tumbler with every order too. So you get good shorts, 
You get a surprisingly high-quality tumbler, too. They sent us one of those as well. And it's all over at birddogs.com slash LockedOnCollege, promo code LockedOnCollege2. Head on over there right now and get in on this deal. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's talk a little bit more football here. Before we had news, now we have speculation. And when it comes to college football, nobody does it quite better than Paul Feinbaum, right? The SEC guru also likes to dabble in the other conferences as well. And he spoke on Big Ten expansion earlier this week, saying that, one, he thinks the most likely candidates are Washington and Oregon for Big Ten expansion next. That's not surprising. We've talked plenty about those two schools, and they've been at the top of the list, I think, for a little while now. The more interesting tidbit, if you ask me, was Feinbaum's comments on potentially a North Carolina joining. Because then that brings the Big Ten into the ACC and into that truly Atlantic coast. Yes, you could say Rutgers and Maryland are there too. But when you're talking about those schools really down on that Atlantic coastline, you're looking at schools that would provide the Big Ten with what USC and UCLA did in huge market additions again. Getting North Carolina with its college sports scene into the Big Ten would be huge. And it brings up a couple of more questions, too, which Paul Feinbaum addresses. His main thing was, well, it, it at least at the moment, seems like Washington and Oregon are better fits, for one. But also, North Carolina at the moment is just a fit with what it does, or what it does academically as well as what it does on the field, too. And this is one that I've had to wrestle with for a long, long time. Because I am a firm believer that at some point, if the Big Ten wants to keep expanding and wants to become a true super conference in college athletics, it's going to have to drop its AAU certification a requirement. It's going to have to drop the prestige that comes with what the Big Ten has in its academic institutions right now. And I'm still a firm believer in that. But I'm also a firm believer that there are schools in the Big Ten that do not want that at all. I still firmly believe there's a number of schools in the Big Ten that think that they can have the best of both worlds, get all of the best athletic schools who also have the best academics, and then the Big Ten becomes a super conference, maybe not necessarily in dominating everything in athletics, but the combination of top-tier athletics with top-tier academics that the Big Ten has pretty much claimed always. They're trying to make that into, I guess, the super conference version of that. I don't think it's possible to be able to do all of that and really, really keep your at least resume as a top tier conference academically. You're going to have to let in some schools who are just flat out good at sports. That's the thick and thin of it. But again, I do think that there are legitimately people at the front of these universities who are going to fight hard to make sure that doesn't happen and make sure that the Big Ten upholds its academic integrity, specifically with this AAU certification. 
and, and I'm not sure how many people even within the athletic departments care about it. This could be coming up from further up in the university, of course, too, depending on where your school is. But I think it's still ridiculous that at some point, the Big Ten won't have to drop this requirement. Because UNC, as Feinbaum pointed out, he, they passed the test as far as academics goes. And they've got a good enough football team to be able to be brought in. But there's plenty of other schools who are better options athletically. And I don't know if the Big Ten decides to take that compromise if it means the SEC gets better schools on the field. That's just my thoughts on it. But overall, big, big picture. Yeah, the Big Ten can add two, four more schools that are still within that academic umbrella. But if you want to be super, super conference level, eventually you're going to have to add in somebody who maybe doesn't fit the bill as far as your standards for a high-quality education. The other question that gets, of course, brought up when you mention North Carolina coming to the Big Ten is, what does the Big Ten do about the basketball schools? Because North Carolina is an easier case, because their football program has some prestige behind it too, and I think they could come in and be able to compete in the Big Ten as well, certainly just as much as the teams at the bottom of the Big Ten right now. However, there are other schools where this becomes a little bit more of a question here. And does the Big Ten take basketball schools into the conference just because it cares about basketball, potentially more than all the other conferences do still? I think it's far-fetched, but I'm also the same person who thinks it's stupid to keep this academic rule in place. And I am a believer in basketball as a whole, so I would much more like to see, like, not in North Carolina, but what happens with a Duke, for instance? What if a Duke needs a place to go because the ACC is breaking apart and they want a home? Does the Big Ten take them in there? Is basketball alone enough to get you into the Big Ten conference? It would go against everything else that has moved conferences over the last 30 years, really. But basketball is still going to be a thing somewhere. And if these teams need new conferences, they're going to have to go somewhere. And the Big Ten still cares about those sports, too, especially basketball. So I don't know what happens to a Duke when everything breaks down, to a Syracuse, to just give an example of a basketball school. They haven't been doing terribly well as of late. But what happens when they break down? I don't know where those schools go. And at the moment, the Big Ten's going to have to at least think about what happens if and when that does happen down the road. Because this is why we think so big picture on this show. It's because every single move from here on out is going to affect the Big Ten in some way. So yeah, we can talk about what's going to happen this offseason, which I don't think is very much. But it's just as valid to talk about two years from now, five years from now, that far down the road here. And I think that's one of the bigger questions. Two of the bigger questions is, how long does this academics thing hold up? And does the Big Ten still want a basketball-only school? Even if it is one of the best in, say, the Duke Blue Devils. I don't know the answer. We're going to wrap things up here on Locked On Big Ten by getting you all of the news you need to know from around the conference. Let's start with all conference teams. Athlon Sports is a big, big 
preseason predictions website. They get all sorts of clicks during this time of year. And they know it too because they release these all-conference teams on their websites for the upcoming season. And they put not one all-conference, not a second all-conference, not a third team all-conference, but four all-conference Big Ten teams just so they can make sure they get clicks all across the conference. So these numbers are a little bit inflated. But across four all-conference teams published by Athlon. Ohio State leads the way with 20 players. Michigan has 17. Penn State 13, Iowa 12, and Illinois 11 are all the schools that get double-digit players on the list. We'll talk more about that list on a later show, but just wanted to break down all the numbers for you here right now. And again, four all-Big Ten teams. So whatever your team's number is, take it with a grain of salt. In recruiting news, We've got all sorts of stuff to tell you about. Unranked interior offensive lineman Julius Tate has committed to Northwestern. Also, a whole bunch of quarterbacks committing in the Big Ten. Three-star quarterback Timothy Carpenter has committed to Indiana. Three-star quarterback Ethan Grunkmeyer has committed to Penn State. And three-star quarterback Daniel Kalen has committed to Nebraska. It's big news under center across the Big Ten. When we have Brian Smith on next, we're going to have to ask him about those signal callers, who he likes out of the three-star commits there. And we'll get to anything else that happens in the Big Ten Conference next time you hear from us on Locked On Big Ten. Until then, this has been Locked On Big Ten, the place to go for everything you need to know on what's going on in the conference. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts, on YouTube and on Twitter too, at Locked On Big Ten. One zero at the end, not T-E-N when you type it out. And I'm Nate Dickinson, at Nate with Sports on Twitter. We'll be back tomorrow with more here on Locked On Big Ten. Until then, Nate Dickinson with Locked On.